Welcome to Racing Only Better as we look ahead to the weekend. It's the luckage this weekend, the return of Baid. Very much looking forward to seeing if he can preserve his unbeaten run and hopefully back a few winners as well in the company of my three favourite people, in no particular order, Mr. Kevin Blake. How are you, Kev? Yay! First, which obviously means best. Uh, Flattered you. Flattered. Get, get, get you out of the way. Tony Calvin's <laughs> back with us after a brief hiatus. How are you, TC? Yeah, not bad. Not You always go to Kevin first. It's a bit of an Irish <laughs> Yeah, because Barry tells me to, otherwise I'll be sacked. That's literally what he told me. I have to go to Kevin first on everything, otherwise I'll be sacked. And Dan last on everything. That's specifically what he says. Is that right, Dan? Yeah, that's the story of my life, unfortunately. Yeah. Height graphs, measuring height and skill, that sort of stuff. All right, okay. Well, listen, we have the lock-in at the feature this weekend. We have Moneyback Special to tell you about in the 225 at Newmarket. Moneyback as a free bet if your horse fails to place. I'll remind you of that when we come to the race. But we're kicking off with Newbury Gents. Uh, the 125 or 135, I should say, is the first on the card we're going to talk about. It's the Bet Victor Carnarvon Stakes, if you don't mind. Six furlongs. Tyber Flow is your 11 to 4 favourite at the time of recording, which is Thursday evening. Eras for Richard Hannon, 9 to 2. You've got Calamusto for Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore, who are absolutely flying at the moment at 5 to 1. Hierarchy 11 to 2, and it's 8 to 1. Barrack Kevin Blake. Right, who do you like in our first race, please? Yeah, good race, Hugo. Um, you could call this a Commonwealth Cup trial if you wanted. Um, there's a few knocking around in recent days. We had one today at York. There's another one um, uh, in over here on this side of the water at the weekend. And this isn't a bad old race. Tricky enough one now. Tricky enough one. Um, struggled a small bit with it. Um, and I kept coming back to Tiber Flow. Um, I think he's going to be better at seven. But he just, he, he ran a big race over the six at Newcastle last time in the, the all-weather finals day. Um, like he, 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 El Cabello, Who's a horse I like a lot. He kind of got a, got the first run on Tiber Flow, and um, Tiber Flow really rolled inside the final furlong to only go down by a short head. Um, he's only had the four spins. He's improved with each and every one. Um, like I say, I think the extra furlong will suit him better. Um, but they, I'm hoping they go a good gallop in front of him. There's some fast types in here, Hugh, and um, he should be powering home and hopefully getting there in time to lead before the winning post. Fiber Flow, William Haggis, 11 to 4 uh, on Thursday evening for Kevin Blake. What about you, TC? Where do you come down on this one? Um, yeah, it's a very trappy race, isn't it? But there's there's free pace angles in here, so we should get an honest contest uh, from from a, a pace angle. Um, the one I like was was a night to two shot in Eras. Um, he actually ran in a official Commonwealth Cup trial uh, at Ascot and go back and have a look at that race. He, he only finished third there before won a race, but go back and have a look at the race. He travelled best throughout there. He travelled like a dream throughout. Um, Jim Crowley wasn't hard on him at all. Uh, he wasn't probably ideally placed on the outside either. Uh, he was just giving a very, very easy ride. If you ask me if those three reopposed again, the first three, I'd say Eras will come out on top and he gets a chance here because the second, a hierarchy. He finished uh, over a length in front of him, obviously reopposes as well. So yeah. uh, go back and have a look at Eras. He's obviously only his fifth start, six furlongs, you know, fast ground. We should say they were watering on Monday at, at Newbury. Um, uh, they stopped then. Good job because they had eight mil on Wednesday. They probably need that. And he's a really hot forecast. So I think we're going to get on the quicker side of good uh, by Saturday uh, racing time and that will suit this horse uh, ideally so I think if it I haven't decided where I'm going to put my money where my mouth is yet but if I am and I probably will looking at the race again I think here as uh, 9-2 with the sports book is a very fair price Excellent 9-2 what about yourself Dan for our opening race 
I'm scared of both of those in an open race. Uh, I got I embarrassed myself on ITV racing on Sunday when I mentioned a horse that had good numbers and never run on turf before. So once bitten, twice shy with the bottom horse who cares put up. But I am scared of Eros. He looked a really good horse here last year. I'm going to go with Aidan's. You mentioned Stable which is Caramosto, yeah. Stable Farm's been sensational. They've almost all been coming on for a run. And I think, I know it's two-year-old form, but I think that Norfolk fourth, right on the heels of perfect power, is the best form in the race. And I watched the the Navan race back. The fourth didn't put that form in a positive light at York this afternoon. He was outpaced throughout, but he wasn't given a hard time. The rider even dropped his stick approaching the final furlong. He was the third string on jockey bookings. It looked like a means to an end, and now they, they're bringing him over here for uh, for a crack at this prize, which when he's come over to Britain once and finished a close fourth in a Norfolk, catches my eye. Okay, good stuff. So, Cadamosto, Eras, and Tyra Flow, the top three. Uh, for our three analysts, let's move on to the 210, gents. It's the Al Rayan Stakes here, and it's a group three over a mile and a half. A scope for our good friend Mr. Beckett is a three to one co favorite with Ashada for Roger Varian. Then you've got Ilarab four to one, Fox's Tales nine to two, without a fight six to one, and Outbox for Archie Watson at ten to one. Tony Calvin, short enough field this, um, and two at the top of the market in scope and Ishada. Who do you like? Yeah, I love this race. Um, <clears throat> the sports book opened up 14's Outbox this morning, general 11 to one. By about 12.30, that was all gone, and the 10s was the biggest price, and it still is with a sports book. Outbox is the clear bet in this race at, at 10 to 1, and I'll, I'll be backing him at 8 to 1 plus. The reason is is manifold. Um, he, um, he might have just needed the run again at a new market last time after making his mercenary dash to win at Doha to get the uh, dollars in February. But I thought that was a real good run at, at new market. Uh, the, the, the other angles the other angles into the race he'll need to improve upon that here but if you go back to his back form in 2021 at these weights he's the best horse in the rates uh, in, in uh, the weights you've got the two at the top of the market the group one winners carrying seven pound penalties not entirely sold on the form of the Beckett yard at the moment even though the winner at Salisbury on Thursday um the the, the outbox stable are in absolute flying form I mean they're operating at 30 percent. And the other angle into the race is um, uh, the pace angle. Now, Outbox is probably the most likely leader. Now, without a fight, has gone forward in the past, but that was in a small runner race. Outbox is a perennial front runner. If he gets out in front, uh, ideal conditions, course winner, love the ground, best horse in the, ra- uh, in, in the race on last year's form, coming here and after a good prep run. Ten to one, uh, 14s was a mad price. The general 11s was wrong. 10s is still wrong. Eight to one plus is a bet. It'd probably be my nap, but I'm still deciding. Okay, um, outbox ten to one. Very strong case by Tony Calvin. What about you, Dan? Sorry, I missed the Fox's tail price there. I was just, I was just taken aback by nine to two. What was it, Hubert? Yeah, I was taken aback by the cold favorite, the joint favorites, because I couldn't have scope with the maximum penalty first time out dropping in trip. His improvement was as he was going up in distance last season. This looks like. A bit of a run out for him. I just like Fox's tail. I mean, had so little racing at this trip. Looks very much every time he's tried anything like this sort of distance. Looks very well suited by it. He ran over 11 furlongs at Newbury in a group race and ran really, really well behind Solid Stone. Just chinned. He's had a nice tune up over 10 furlongs against a horse he couldn't realistically beat. Mostardaf in the Gordon Riches. He's a very promising animal, as we know. And... I think he's going to come on for the run. I mean, he was the only one who could go with Mostadaf. He was worst placed in a slowly run race. 
went with him for a bit until he was left behind and couldn't quicken. But uh, this horse is so clearly crying out for a mile and a half the way he was winning his races last season. Okay, good stuff. Fox's tail for Dan at 92. Kev? Um, I'm with Fox's Tales as well, and I've even bought the commemorative cup. There's a Fox's arse. Look, there you go. Oh, <laughs> ideal. Right. Fox's tail. Bang, bang. Love uh, yeah, look, he's got, as Dan says, look, there's bits and pieces of form last season that read really well. Um, like, geez, some tasks trying to give, what was it, nine pounds or something to Dubai Honor and handicap at Newmarket one day, and he only failed by a head to beat him. And, you know, just touched off by Solid Stone another day when Solid Stone got the run of it from memory. Um, got a bit bogged down at Ascot when he was too fired up in the blinkers. And like that, like Dan said last time, that Moose to Daff is potentially a, a proper group one horse. And uh, I thought David Probert probably moved a bit early with hindsight. Um, tactical race. He, I think David was thinking he might be able to pin in Mustadaf behind Juan Elcano, so he moved early enough to get up outside him, but it just didn't work out, basically. Uh, and he probably got there too soon. Jim Crowley was sitting chilly. And, um, yeah, for the, the inefficient distribution of energy, caught him out late on. So um, hopefully he'll improve from that um, trip, as Dan says, should suit. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was a, a very reasonable price. So it Okay, is. so... Two strong shouts for Fox's Tales and Outbox for uh, Tony Calvin. The Scott 245. Won't be favorite for that, will he? Scott won't go off joint favorite, surely, will he? Yeah, I can see the two, the two top ones, two penalized ones being a bit weak, possibly. Okay, good stuff. As the 245 is the Bet Victor London Gold Cup, it's a mile and a quarter Not handicap. And it's um, Mr. Big Stuff is your four to one favorite. Israr for John and Thady Galston, nine to two, alongside Surrey Mist. For George Baker at nine to two, Red Vineyard at uh, eight to one, Inverness nine to one, and it's how would you like about the rest, Dan? You can tick us off here. Tricky enough handicap here. Who do you like? I like Inverness. We know what this race is all about. It's won by horses that have stones in hand. Was it Bay Bridge won it last year? If he didn't oh, win it, Christ. Yeah. It, was that, it was that. It was that sort of caliber of horse you needed to win this race, and you always need to win it. You need to have ten or fifteen pounds ahead of your mark, and working through them. I was happy to put a line through a few as to say, well, I'm not sure they do have Mr. Big Stuff came to mind first, but he's done it at a slightly lower level. I think he's well in. But I just think Inverness might be a fair bit better than he's shown so far. What a maiden that's worked out really well as a two-year-old at Goodwood. Um, That was a massive step up on his debut. He came from an unpromising position to win. He's then stepped up first time back. The market suggested he wasn't quite ready. Never really figured in some listed race, but they're dropping him back into a handicap here. Expensive horse. By Highland Reels, so this is only his second run at mile and a quarter. There are middle distance winners in the family. I was looking for two or three that could be ten pounds well in, and I think on profile he he is one of those. Okay, so um, Inverness then with uh, a bit of weight up his sleeve potentially at nine to one for Dan. What about yourself, then, Kevin? <laughs> Um, I can see the case for Mr. Big Stuff, but um, he's never going to get my love, uh, so I'm not going to go with him. Oh um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Red Vineyard. Apologies. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with Red Vineyard. Um, great pedigree, this fella. He, he's a half to um, Red Cano, the old legend, and uh, Amazing Red, who was, who was a good horse, albeit at a lower level. Um, kind of the story with the family is they stay well, they take a bit of time. Um, so this fellow probably did all right to do what he did last season. And his comeback at Sandown, I, I thought it was quite good. He was kind of no-nonsense ride up there. Um, it seemed to be kind of wet on top of them. 
coming at the line. Um, like he's a long striding horse. I'd say he'll have no trouble going um, at least 12 furlongs. But just looking at it, I thought he might still be well handicapped off his revised mark. He'll be a nice straightforward ride up in the van. And um, there might well be more improvement to come from him. So uh, okay. Red Vineyard will do for me. Lovely. Eight to one at the time of recording. And finally, yourself, Tony Calvin. Yeah, well... It's obviously uh, the sportsbook odds compilers fancy Mr. Big Stuff because they're lowest on uh, on him by somewhere at four to one. I think you'll get bigger. I think he'll drift, but um, I do think the odds compilers have got it right. I think he's. I think he's. He, he should be the favourite if if a bit bigger than fours. I Men, go back and have a look at the Nottingham run. He absolutely tanked through that race, and he just found a he just found a race fit rival and a well handicapped rival just too good for him there. Uh, the second, uh, the winner's gone on and just got touched off. He's now eight pound higher. Um, Mr. Big Stuff's only three pound higher, and I think he'll come on massively for the run. Uh, and there's a there is a race clue in there if you want to wait till the four ten at uh, at York on Friday. We're recording this on Thursday evening. Uh, Spaycaster, who finished three length third there, runs in the four ten at York and has got half a chance. So there could be a, a, a punting pointer there. No, I think Mr. Big Stuff's got a lot of upside from a low handicap mark. Uh, I've got him on side and I'm going to take a, I've actually uh, backed a horse called Lepolga at 33s this morning. Um, I think 21 plus, the current price is still very fair. Now, I could be getting a bit taken in by Roger Charlton's really good record in this race. He's won three of the last six runnings and this horse, as we've mentioned, he's got no, he's got no pretensions to group one class like previous winners like the likes of Defoe and Communique, etc. But um, and he did look a very awkward ride uh, at Sandown first time up. But I think going into the race, he's the best handicap horse. You only have to go to go to his Doncaster second to Desert Angel last uh, over a mile last last uh, last season. Desert Angel's now rated nineteen pound higher. This one's now only rated a pound higher. So on that run, he is a clear pick of the weights going in. Now he maybe have a regressive profile, but obviously the price is compensating for that. And I just saw, and, and the stamina's not a given either. But go and have a look at that Sandown run last over over Marley. He was he was getting it together a bit after looking very awkward and ungainly um, uh, first up. So I'll, I'll Mr. Big Stuff at the top of the market, very 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 solid chance. And the Polgar, if you want one uh, a, a mad dash at twenty or twenty fives, I've I've dutched them against the field. And listeners, Tony Calvin, great man to tip a big price winner. Terrible at finding the silent button on his phone. There you go. There you go. Right, let's move on to the lock-in, <laughs> shall we? 3.20 on the card. Um, so, obviously, it's a while. Gary's just saying, don't mention the sports book at the bottom price about the one you fancy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to the lockers, lads. A mile, a group one contest, and a 320 on your card at Newbury. And um, does anybody think that Baid will not win this race? Anyone think Baid will not win this race? Uh, yeah, he's going to win, isn't he? But I suspect we're all going to be on the same page now. Roar if you disagree, but I think we're all going to be looking at the, the without market here, aren't we? In the each yeah. way markets, etc. Right, okay. Um, well, go on. Well, then who, who without the favourite then? Because uh, yeah. they haven't appeared yet, unfortunately. They normally, they normally appear on Friday morning onwards, the without markets. But early indications, obviously, suggest that um, Mother Earth is going to be the short price favourite in that market, around about 7 to 4, 2 to 1, maybe. The, the, the issue I've got in this race is, and I think William Haggis is going to be very aware of it, I can't see any pace in the race whatsoever. Mm. Um, so it's not going to suit. I mean, alcohol free maybe after that after that comeback run, but you know, 
that needs a that needs a pace to aim at. Um, they all do, really. So I think you know it's got the potential to be very, very messy. So I'll be interested to see what goes forward. So okay, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a puzzling race. I mean, I, if you if you are trying to get the favourite beat of twos on, I think you're going to be paying. Yeah, so I think you do want to look at the without markets when, when they do appear and. Maybe Sabuska if it's twenty to one, but again, he he just needs a big field and a fast pace to run at. But you know, it, it's it's puzzled me, so I'm I'm sitting this one out. Who, who I'd, rather, I'd rather get him. Yeah. I'd rather get him beaten at this price, though. First time out in a potentially muddling race, I think it's probably the best chance you have got to beat him. I think the right. only one who's got the ability or potential to match him is Real World, but he's bizarrely been tried to be turned him into. I mean, remember the progress he made last year, winning that Hunt Cup by half the track on the wrong side of the track, yeah, and continued his climb through the ranks. Then he ran on dirt twice, like, unfathomably. I don't know why they decided that. He's yeah. the only one with the ability to match him, but Tony <laughs> referenced it briefly. But they'll get 10s, maybe 12s, without the fab each way. So I'd be going with Sabuska. Second to Palace period in the race yeah, last yeah. season, and and we'll get the right ride. Yeah, you possibly will get bigger, but... We'll get bigger. But I'd the, be happy enough with 10s. Before Kev comes in, I, I will mention Mother Earth, because obviously the drying ground is going to be, are going to be in her favour. Like I said, it's going to be probably be good on the far side of good by, by kick-off, even though it's currently good to soft. The first time up record of, of Mother Earth, they, I think they expected it. Oh. Yeah, expected her to get beat. Because... Really? She should have been about a two to five chance of form there. What's going on there? <laughs> What's going on, Dan? Someone's shouting at you. Go on, go on, keep going. Uh, it looks like he's at a parents' evening, just like that. Um, um, it, she should have been two to five first time up, but she actually went off at a bet Ferris fee of 10 to 11. So that suggests she's going to come on massively for the run. Sex allowance. You know, she, she is the most likely winner behind... Um, Behind the favourite, but no, I think I think the price is going to be around about seven uh, seven to four twos, and that probably wouldn't interest me that much. Okay, Kev. Sure, this is easy, isn't it? Like you have to go with real world, surely. Like he doesn't like the dirt, lads, and they keep running him on it. You take out all his runs on the dirt, and he's unbeaten in five. And like the, the second last time we saw him on the dirt, he went to Longchamp for the 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 mile race on Arc Day on ground that I don't think he particularly liked that he pulled him they pulled him out in soft ground before and he went down and he beat the Revenant who absolutely loves soft ground there's a proper group one horse and he and he edged him out there um you know first run back in Dubai this year he bolted up in a, in a group two um, and then they, they ran him on dirt twice uh you know <laughs> look getting them back on grass is what he wants and I think he's going to be the the pace edge that TC is is crying out for. Um, because you go back in his form and like the time he won the Hunt Cup, um, as Dan mentioned, he was on the wrong side and he, he was pretty much making the running. You know, he was banged there the whole way and he, he was left in front a fair way out. So they surely rock on with him from the front and dictate. Um, look, Baid, could he get nipped in a tactical race? Like maybe it's always the best way to get a good horse beat is uh, go with slow horses gallop as the old cliche goes. But I suppose one thing you'd say about Baid is he was involved in, in a very messy race in the in the QE2 last year, and he was he, he was well able to cope. You know, they went steady. He got no cover. It wasn't really ideal, and he still went and beat a champion in Palace Pier anyway. So um, I'd say he's kind of versatile and good enough to probably overcome some kind of suboptimal circumstances if they pan out that way. But um, I can see real world getting the run of it now from the front. And um, 
he, like he's a good horse. He's rated 118 and, and he's worth every pound of that. So um, I'd be small bit disappointed if he's not second best at the very least, you know. Okay. All right. Art in shot. Uh, early indications that real worlds about threes without the favourite and Sebuskas about 20. Hello. Hello, Hello, lads. Load up both barrels and keep firing. Without the favourites, real worlds. 20s uh, without the favourites. Uh, that, that looks Yeah, good. I think that's big. Okay, good stuff, gentlemen. That is Newbury done. Let's move on to Newmarket. The 150 is the Denbury Homes Farway Stakes. Um, you can kick us off here, Dan, please. It's the 150 on the card. Ottoman Fleet is their 9-4 favourite for Charlie Appleby. Uh, groundbreaker at 11 to 4. You've got Zane Sarinda at 7 to 2 for Tom Clover. Post Impressionist at 9 to 2. And it's how much you like about the rest, Dan. Um, are you with or against the favourite here for Charlie Appleby? I'm with him. I think he's very exciting. I don't yeah. think his form as it stands is the best in the race. I think that's held by Tom Clover's horse, who wasn't suited by Epsom, but still went close, even though his winning run was ended. I was just, I'm just sticking to the belief that he was the best horse in that Newbury Maiden by some way. Ottoman Fleet. He was backed into favouritism ahead of his stable mate. His stable mate got the run of the race complete. That was Natural World, who since not disgraced himself in the Linkfield Derby trial. Maybe didn't make a, the step forward we expected. But Ottoman Fleet just ran an absolutely massive race. Remember last week, and I put Lionel, who was taken out. We discussed Lionel Blair. We discussed Lionel Messi. Richie. Lionel Richie. This particular Lionel didn't say hello as he was supposed to. He didn't bother turning up. That Linkfield race. Um, uh, but Ottoman Fleet represents the same line of form. And I know it's something Tony says, go back and watch it. But do go back and watch what Ottoman Fleet did in that maiden. He was right around the outside, had to do loads of running from a poor position, and would have been would have got there probably in another. 20 yards or so. So I'm, I'm strong with Ottoman Fleet. Appleby needs a tonic in this division, doesn't it? Maybe this is it. Yeah. Okay. Ottoman Fleet, very strong from Dan. For yourself, Kevin Blake. Yeah, I'd echo that. Jeez, it was a big run. Like, clearly, a lot was, was expected. Now, Charlie Appleby is quite quick to kind of get, get the old knife out in terms of the geldings, but you wonder, was this fellow a bit of a boy up because he, uh, he costs a lot of money. He's got a big pedigree, but they, they gelded them during the winter. Um, but regardless, so that you know, rules him out of the ledger and things like that, which is you know, it wouldn't be a million to one that he could end up being that type of horse. Um, such was the promise he showed here. Um, like Dan says, messy all race, like the finishing speed was like 109 percent, and this fellow was, was well back, long way off the, the eventual winner, um, and was ridden with a lot of confidence by William Buick. Um, and you know, once he got one slap and uh, picked up really well, never near, just failed. Uh, big big run and look this is a this is a fair old step up in class up against some nice promising types um but yeah he does have a bit of the yeah this could be very nice as about him excellent okay two strong shades for ottoman fleet are you going to make it a hat trick tony calvin oh i'm no chance <laughs> no chance um i back savvy victory uh at 25s he's still 20s with a sports book uh, i don't mean he's going to get much shorter but i think i think those odds massively underplays chances now um, he has got a bit to find, and look at his knee action suggests you know the ground at Newmarket might not be ideal for him, but he's a very, very interesting contender. If you look at informed trainers this season, none are better than Sean Woods, operating at a 37% strike rate. Had another winner today at Salisbury, absolutely flying. This horse is impressive at Pontefract, then went to the Chester Vars. Did as well as he could be expected there against obviously much higher rated horses. I don't think he stayed either. Um, the handicap, I thought, was an improved run because he upped him four pounds. And it was quite interesting. 
Ryan Moore was jocked up on this horse in the London Gold Cup of a mark of 91. And they decided to come here instead, which, which, which surprises me. But it also might be an indication uh, about how they expect him to run out. I gather he's well regarded. Uh, yeah, and I just, I just think uh, dropping back to a mile two, unexposed with that trainer in really good form. Uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't work out why he was 20 to 1 plus. Um, in, in, a, in a race where there's no standout going in, I totally take the boys' um, comments on board about the potential uh, of the Appleby horse. But no, savvy victory um, has got a lot going for it. I am worried about the ground, but I'm not particularly worried about the opposition. 20s is big. Okay, 20 to 1. Very nice. Uh, finally, yourself, Daniel. Oh, sorry, not Daniel. You already tried Sure. We've already me and Kevin are on the Ottoman fleet. Sorry, you're on, yeah, yeah, sorry, I yeah, I'm a little bit confused. Apparently, it is a Thursday evening after all. I don't know what's going on. Right, um, good stuff. Um, you, guys, you, to the... you haven't polled in early yet, have you? <laughs> what I do enjoy, what the what the listeners don't realise is that occasionally Barry's disapproving head appears in our <laughs> Zoom call yeah. to make it clear that he's not happy with what's just happened. Two twenty five is our money back special, gents. Um, free bet if your horse fails to place uh, in the two twenty five. So that, um, that conjured up a very very dis- uh, disturbing image. <laughs> Um, it's the it's a handicap over six furlongs here. So Lear Special at uh, three to one for Roger Varian is your market leader. Haymaker five to one. Harry three six to one alongside Ernie's Valentine. I'm a gambler eight to one. Let's have what you like about the rest. Okay, uh, Dan, give us your best bet in the handicap, please. I was really impressed with Haymaker at Newmarket. I did. I know it was a weird week, a couple of days where. Horses couldn't win if they were drawn high, and he was probably in the right gate. But he basically did all his own running over seven furlongs. He looked like he might win by a clear margin approaching the final furlong. He showed a lot of promise at two, never really came together for him. He was a bit keen and eager. That reappearance over seven, where he won the new market handicap, I was really taken by. I just thought, he, even though it was over seven, I actually thought he won it like a sprinter. Mm. His speed was the key aspect of the race. He had it won effectively over a furlong out. He got closed down as. Maybe fitness, stamina started to ebb away, but that just masked his superiority. I thought he looked a cut above them for a long way. And it's not an, it wasn't an unexpected performance. The market spoke for him and he showed a good deal of promise in his first season. So I'm, I'm with Haymaker to, to land a knockout blow, boys. What, five to one at the time of recording. What about yourself, Tony? What up your street? This nice big open handicap. Um, I, I decided not to have a bet anyway. So I thought I was going to go with Pocket the Profit because I don't think he was seeing the best effect at Chester. Or at this, or at this course previously, uh, and I think there's some upside to him. But just having a look at his run style again in his previous form, I think over six furlongs and what's going to be good ground and, and maybe quicker. I think he probably needs seven furlongs when he when he when he meets a, a decent surface. So I think he get might get outpaced here and be running all too late. So at nine nine to one is a fair price, but I just think okay. I just think he's going to get outpaced and be running on all too late. So pocket the profit. But no, not a bet. No, no. Money back as a free bet if your horse fails to place with the sports book uh, on the exchange. Okay, the three o'clock is the last race we're going to talk about a new market. It's the uh, Burkitt's handicap. Um, so Kevin Blake, your market leader is shine so bright for Andrew Balding at ten to three. You've got uh, Salim, is it at seven to two? A uh, Wizard Darmore at four to one. Quintilis at seven to one. And how much you like about the rest? Who do you like here, Kev? Last race of the day. 
Um, I'm in with the fav here. Um, shine so bright. Uh, look, obvious enough case. Look, you go back. This fella had one hell of a run one day. <laughs> I remember well because I was there. He beat Lawrence by a nose um, in the, the city of York Stakes Group 2 um, over seven furlongs at York, rattling fast ground. And he just made all and nipped her. Um, that got him up to a mark of 115. Um, it hasn't shone quite so brightly since. And he has come down the weights. Um, dropped to a career low last time, 98, uh, seasonal return, hood on. I thought the race actually went quite wrong for him, and he still managed to win. Um, Harry Davis rode him, that, that's right, and plenty of winners, but I think he kind of half gave up trying to trying to keep a hold of this lad because he initially dropped him into cover, um, but he got quite strong, and after about two furlongs, he, he kind of broke cover and gave him a look at the outside, and uh, I thought he saw too much daylight and he was going to fall in the hole, but... He, uh, he kept going very well and won. Um, and look, he's he's drawn in the um, he's drawn towards the middle-ish here. And I'm hoping Harry will be able to kind of wrap him up, get him get him relaxed. And if he does, I think a four-pound rise won't be beyond him at all. Um, okay. He's still well in in the old form, and that represented a real bounce back. Ten to three at the time of recording. What about yourself, Tony? Last race? Yeah, I I watched Shine So Bright win in that pub of yours in Dublin, and um, I I. I tipped him at three to one and he drifted all the way out to 7.8. And as he drifted, I kept on putting more, putting more on. So <laughs> we got, uh, I was watching it with Paul Keeney from the Racing Post and uh, he was doing the same. So we let out a rather large cheer when that one, I, I, like Kev said, I think he did a lot wrong there and still won. Uh, he's up four pounds. That's still 13 pound lower than his, than it, and his peak mark away from that York run that Kevin mentioned. All his best form has come on this track on quick ground. Um, yeah, I mean, if, the, if, if like I said, if the race pans out, ideally, I think 130 is a fair price. I think you'll get bigger on the exchange. Yeah, Shine So Bright just looks the obvious favourite here. And like I said, if the headgear works a second time, yeah, I've run a massive race. Two big, strong shouts for Shine So Bright, looking to make it back-to-back uh, -back wins. Okay, guys, that's our lot for uh, today and for the weekend. All that's left is to get your naps, um, if you don't mind. I'll kick us off here. Uh, Ottoman Fleet just goes and wins, so I'm going to double him with Baid. Uh, so 150 Newmarket, Ottoman Fleet, and Baid to go and win the lock-inch. That is my nap of the weekend. Kevin Blake. Um, I'll go with Shine So Bright. Go on, I'll go with Shine, Shine So Bright. Bright. Shine So Bright, 10 to 3. Lovely stuff. Uh, Tony Calvin. Yeah, um, I was... Tempted by Shine So Bright, but all about price. Outbox. You can get the 10 to 1 in the sports book when this goes live. I think that's a very fair price. And if you even the 10s has gone, 8 to 1 plus, uh, weird bet. I can actually see him going a bit shorter because I think the two at the top of the market are weak. So Outbox for me in the second at Newbury. Lovely. Outbox for Tony and Dan Barber. Your nap, please. Uh, maybe... Peeing into the wind here, taking on Mr. Calvin, but I'm going to go with Fox's tail and say, Oh, yeah, boy. Oh, good stuff. Lovely. The lads going head to head. Love it. Um, lads, enjoy the weekend racing. And to all our listeners as well, we're back with Wade in as we always are on Monday. And uh, we hope you enjoy the weekend. Until then, gamble responsibly and enjoy. <laughs>